get your shit together, man. <laughs> Do something. Don't exactly. sit around whining all the time. Yeah. You are a god. Hello, and welcome back to Highly Invested, a Cosmic Analysis podcast. This is part two of the Warbreaker character-focused episode that I did with my roommate Jack. So if you haven't listened to part one, which is going to be the last episode, you should probably go do that because it will make a lot more sense. All right, I don't want to do the rest of the intro because I'm lazy, so here we go. Okay, let's talk about Vasher. Or we can talk about the gods first. Uh, let's, let's talk about the other gods first so we can work our way up to the god of all gods. Warbreaker. What was his other thing? Warbreaker the Peaceful. Warbreaker. <laughs> yeah, the Peaceful. Yeah, that's funny. Vasher. Peaceful. Yeah. Well, because he funny. broke wars. He did. Well, one He war. was a warbreaker. He broke one single war, but it was a pretty important one. Wait, was, but, but he kind of broke another war. Was then, it called the he? Many War? Oh, that, it was. That was this war, right? Yeah, so he broke many wars, one oh, could say. Oh, wow. Wars breaker. Anyway. <laughs> so, Warbreaker is a god. Some other gods of note. <laughs> Look at how smooth I am at transitions. Wow. Some other gods include Light Song, who is My another boy. himbo, but not actually really a himbo. God, he's hilarious. Yes, he's your boy. Absolute icon. Well, why don't you tell us about why you love Light Song? Okay. There are so many reasons why I love Light Two Song. Two hours later. <laughs> no. <laughs> there are so many instances where I would pause listening to the audiobook and, like, explain to Eve what was going on and just laugh about it for way yeah. longer than I probably should have. <laughs> it was very um, funny. But I think that he tries so hard to just be bad and oh, just yeah. be not good at anything. Incompetent. I- worthless. Mm-hmm. Like, having no meaning. He tries so hard. But he keeps ending up, like, being useful. Yep. You know? And I just love that. And, like, his his apathetic nature and the fact that he doesn't believe in the religion that he's a god. Yeah, like, so good. Oh my gosh. And so his good. personality and how he just pokes fun at absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it brings Including so himself. Much Including himself. I know, it's, oh, it's amazing. And I think that it doesn't really talk about his inner kind of, I, I feel like, I wonder if he has problems with kind of like the sense of inner worth. You know, mm-hmm. he feels like he doesn't even believe in his own religion. He can't, he's not even really like able to help people unless he sacrifices his life and his yeah. life anyways. Um, and in the end, he ends up being a very crucial part. Oh, yeah. He's super of important. taking back, you know, his own kind of kingdom. Yeah. And I think that his, his journey through this idea of being useless and of no worth to being incredibly, very, very powerful in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love his journey and his wit along the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I think Brandon's humor is very hit or miss for a lot of people. Like, you either are like, oh, yeah, this is this is funny. I like this. Or you're like, this is terrible. It's cringy. And honestly, I think Brandon's humor usually works for me because it's sometimes a little stupid, but it's not, like, base, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's never like, ha-ha, poop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, yeah. even when he's making, like, crass jokes, which mm-hmm. he doesn't really. There's one joke in Way of Kings that's, like, basically this dude talking about his spheres. I don't, I can't pronounce the word. Like, the round ball. Sphere. Yes. His spheres. <laughs> he's talking about how he has two of them. Oh. And he's attached to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's funny. And that's funny, yes. right? And it's not just like, <laughs> balls. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I mean, it literally was. It, no, balls, it literally right. is, but it's not. Like, it's yeah. it's still, like, it, it's under the guise of cleverness. Right. But I really like Brandon's witty characters. I They work for me. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I missed when I read Mistborn. That was really bad. <laughs> I just, I cannot be stopped today. No. You okay. are just so I, funny. I fully blame this one person on the last 17th Shard livestream who said that I was making a lot of good jokes in the chat because you have fed my ego enormously and <laughs> I now think I'm hilarious. So. Top notch. You're just going to have to deal with it. Anyway, Brandon's humor. That's one thing that in Mistborn I found lacking because... There isn't really that character who, like, fills that kind of comic relief spot. And I just, I really love Light Song in this book. Yes. He's great. He, an icon. He bugged me a little bit in the way that apathetic people bug me. Yes. Just as a person Mm -hmm. where I'm like, get your shit together, man. (laughs) Do something. Yeah. If you're not going to do something useful, at least, like, go eat good food. Don't sit around whining all the time. You are a god. Yeah. And it made me annoyed. But, like, at the same time, I get it. Because... He doesn't see a point to his life, you know? Like, yeah. me every Tuesday. Yes! That song is me every Tuesday, except he's, <laughs> instead of just being depressed, because he doesn't have a morning class to get up for, he's just, he's, like, depressed, but he channels that into just being stupid. Maybe he's depressed because he has no class to get up Oh, yeah, he doesn't even, he doesn't even have an afternoon class. Nope. This man just needs to enroll in college. And he does. His problem feels so college. much better. Yeah. yeah. That's how school works. Obviously. <sighs> um. The thing is that he's a really good person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do good, and he... Well, here's the thing. He doesn't want to do good, but he ends up doing good anyways, because he's such a good person, I feel like. Okay, no, you're right, you're right. At first I was like, what? But you're right, (laughs) because he doesn't want to admit that he has any sort of desires outside of himself, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, oh, I'm just here to have a good time. (laughs) But, like, he really wants to help people, and to use his station for something. Mm -hmm. And he does in the end, and it's really sad. He, honestly, I wasn't that sad when he died. Like, I wasn't like, oh my god, light song. I was proud of him. Yeah. No, I I was that way too. And especially, like, I just felt like such a connection to him. And I just love him so much. Like, in the end... I, I mean, I was sad. Yeah. Like, I probably would have cried if you weren't in the in the room when I was listening. Valid, valid. But at the same time, like, I totally agree in the sense that I felt like he was finally, like, at peace. Like, he accomplished yeah. what he was supposed to do. Exactly. And then, you know, he, you know, that was it for him. And, mm-hmm. and he was finally able to kind of rest. Because yeah. he hated, he hated just existing. He hated on his, his life, life. yeah. And so him being able to finally, you know, let that go, mm-hmm. I think was really powerful. It, I think, honestly, it didn't hit me as hard because Blushweaver had already died, and mm. that death really just bitch-slapped me out of nowhere. Oh like, my god, yeah. I was so startled Yeah, when when she died that I just, I couldn't, like, my brain had already yeah. reached capacity, and that right. was, like, at the beginning of the Sanderlanch. Yeah. So you yeah. can imagine how I felt through the rest of it, <laughs> but I really love Blushweaver. I know yeah. this is a controversial opinion, <laughs> Because she's a slut, and people don't like sluts, because they're misogynistic. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let women do what they want with their bodies. Um, they are not your bodies, and they are not yours to pass value judgments on, and sex is not inherently a bad thing. Mind blown. I feel like that's kind of basic 
the basic thing that you should know. And I think that a lot of high fantasy fans do not know that because yep. they are dude bros. I agree. So I think that Brandon was trying to paint Blushweaver as kind of like a, uh, you know, she she's very, she's like the temptress, you yes, know? Exactly. And she's tempting Light Song and he's not, he's not falling for it yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and honestly, good for her. <laughs> I think that she and Light Song should have gotten it on because I would have enjoyed that. I think that he deserved it. I think she would be an awesome lover, and I think he deserved it. You know, he deserved to have fun. And um, actually, this brings up a point that my friends wanted me to talk about, which was, how do you feel about asexual Light Song? Oh. Because he makes some, like, I can't remember specifically, but I think he makes a couple, like, sex-adjacent jokes, you know? Like, that seems reasonable. But mm-hmm. he doesn't actually ever... He never takes her up on her offer. He never he no. never screws Blushweaver. Yeah. And, like, why not? <laughs> You've seen the woman. <laughs> or maybe he's gay. That's the other option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could be... Or both. Or both! Okay, let's let's go through these one by one. So, Ace, Light Song. Sure. I think that, that definitely would make sense. Because, I mean, for one, he just doesn't seem very interested. Like, he just doesn't seem interested in anything, though. Exactly. Like, I, I feel true. like it's less, like, him Maybe having... Maybe he's just really depressed. Yeah, I don't think it's, like, a low sex drive on its own. I think he's really depressed. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, depression can yeah. lead to a low sex drive. It can also lead to a high sex drive, but apparently mm-hmm. that's not what's happening with him. It does not seem like it. Um, but Gay Light Song is another option that I really mm-hmm. like. And I think that... Because he does admit that he finds Blushweaver attractive, you know? Yeah, because right. she's, like... She's, she's attractive. the perfect ideal that, of yeah, hotness, exactly. right? Yeah. She, there, there's the skinny ideal and the curvy ideal. I know, yeah. <laughs> that part was really funny. That was so It was, funny. like, sad because of the yeah. state of society, but it was really funny. There, it, like, he literally just says, like, there's, you know, the skinny woman with big boobs, and then there's the curvy woman with big boobs. Yep. And those are the roles that those they the fill. Okay, lucky for me, I have big boobs. There you go. So... Now I just need to be either skinny or curvy instead of just a vague rectangle shape. <laughs> and it'll be great. Yeah. There um, you go. Yeah. Ideal woman. But I feel like even, like, curvy, which I'm saying with air quotes, is not curvy. In, like, yeah. the traditional, like, yeah. no, ideals of femininity, yeah. it's like, you still you still have yeah. a tiny waist, you just have a big, like, big hips I know. or a big butt. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So he does say that he finds her attractive. First of all, that could be compet, where he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, she's she's, she's good, yeah. she's pretty. Like I'm ace. I find a lot of people pretty. Matt Mercer. Oh, <laughs> I find a lot of people pretty who I have no desire to enter into any sort of relationship with. Right. Um, and that's a thing that is sometimes hard for people to wrap their heads around, which I don't understand. Yeah. But like. Sometimes you can just accept that someone's attractive, and that's all there is to it. I mean, I think that's the same thing as, like, you go to a really pretty place in the forest, and you find that pretty Exactly, exactly. But you don't want to fuck the trees, per se. Yeah, I was actually, yes, I was talking to um, a friend of mine, Dante, who was on this podcast before, who is ace, and, uh, or somewhere on the ace spectrum, and was like, we were trying to explain aesthetic attraction to him, and being like... So, like, when you see a person, you're just like, oh, they're really pretty. And he's like, like, a mountain? (laughs) We were like, (laughs) no, but kind of? (laughs) And, yeah, for me, like, seeing, 
pretty people doesn't automatically mean, like, oh, I want to kiss them. Right. And I feel like that's true for a lot of people. I mm-hmm. guess some people are just really horny, but, you know, <laughs> you do you. Blushweaver. Blushweaver's really horny. Yes. Or, at be. least, pretends to be. Ah, there's that. And this is a really interesting thing about her character, is that we don't know anything about her. That's true. We never get a Blushweaver viewpoint. Yeah. And all of that could be, like, a farce. You know, it, yeah, I don't... Yeah, just, like... Kind of what light songs do. Yeah, but it could be even more, like, uh, intentional, you know? She could be intentionally playing up this, like, hot... This, yeah, this, like... Temptress. Yeah, temptress. We know that she's clever. She she shows that she's clever in, like, politics. Not super clever, but, like, she has... Yeah, she's clever enough. She has a desire. Yeah, she has, like, ambition, at least. Ambition, for sure. And she's, like, good at manipulating people. Yeah. And... I, I know that that's real, because you don't fake ambition. Like, you yeah. either have it or you don't. Exactly. But the sex thing, I feel like part of that is, I don't want to say, like, an attempt to get Light Song to let down his guard. Not in the sex way. Like, right. I'm not, I don't think that she's trying to, like, tempt him to bed so that she can, after they have sex, be like, now tell me your lifeless command. <laughs> just, like, give it up. Like, that's not what I think is happening. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, like, I think that... A lot of people assume that a woman who is who expresses sexual desire is automatically dumber <laughs> than a woman who like yeah. has her impulses under control or like who is you know less like flirtatious, less needy. Yeah, and I think that I think that paints a really interesting contrast with Vivenna. Mm, for sure. Yeah, because Vivenna, you know, she her like way of asserting control is by being very austere, you know, Austra. Yeah. Um, and Lushweavers is like, you know, they're, they're both being the people that people think they're going to be. Yeah. You know? And like, the more you get into that, the more it like self-reinforces and then you just basically are that person. Right. But yeah, I think it's really interesting that we don't, like, I think you could make a case for Blushweaver being basically anything you wanted. Like, you could say that that was mostly a front. You could say that she was a good person who had good goals. You could say that she was manipulating them the whole time. And she dies before we really get to, like, see the real her, you know? I think something that kind of makes me wonder if she really is, you know, a good person at the core is, you know, how much Light Song actually does appreciate her. You know, Mm -hmm. in the end, we really see that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me wonder, like, he seems like a very good person. He seems like a decent judge of character. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder... As himbos often are. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I really am curious. I don't think he ever really talks about what he actually sees in her. No. Other than boobs. Exactly. Yeah, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that Bo Burnham song. There's something about her. I just can't describe it. Tits. (laughs) Tits. <laughs> That's so funny. That's what it is. But anyway, blush weaver. Yeah. She do be weaving blushes. <laughs> she do be. So. Blush well, weaver. Okay, my brain has, <laughs> has decided blush weaver and that is all. So That's do you all. have any further thoughts on blush weaver? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Except I wish we got a little more insight into her character. Yeah, I agree. Uh, bear with us for a couple more minutes while we talk about Vasher and any other miscellaneous characters we feel like talking about, and then we will stop for the night and record a second episode about the themes that we see and the plot and the magic system and kind of the mechanics of all that. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. So Vasher. 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 Warbreaker, the peaceful. peaceful? What were her, what was his other names? I can never remember. Me either, actually. Bright something? Probably. Oh, yeah. Kalad the Usurper. Strife Lover. Peace Giver the Blessed. Talaxin. I don't know where that one came from. Yeah, that's a weird one. And Warbreaker the Peaceful. Huh. He does have a lot of names, doesn't he? He really does. Very odd. <laughs> the first thing it says on his page, under appearance and personality, Vasher is a tall man who has trouble <laughs> expressing himself. <laughs> that's my yeah. favorite gender. <laughs> yes! Yes, I feel like that should be my gender. Yeah. I think so. Expressing himself. That's basically it. Yeah. Honestly. I feel like it sums me up very well. Yeah. Yep. You are Vasher confirmed. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so Vasher dresses like a slob. A slob. That's the only difference. At least I wear like a consistent yeah. color palette. Oh, I wasn't talking about you anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I know. Yes. I'm just saying no. that's the only difference. You do not dress like a slob. Thank you. Vasher dresses like he has one outfit and has been wearing it for. 50 years. Yes. And or several hundred. not washed it. Because uh, he's a stinky man. Yes. I don't know if he is actually stinky, like in canon, but like I feel like in my brain, he's just stinky. Like, you know, yeah. that's the vibe. He I, feel like, I feel like I don't think he's stinky. I think he just looks. looks he just stinky. doesn't take care of like himself. He just looks stinky. That's what I think. Okay. That's fair. But he has like long hair, you know? Yeah. I feel, I like, feel like he doesn't actually like care how he looks, but he wouldn't let himself get stinky. Okay. That's I think he valid. has a little too much dignity for that. He just sprays on some cologne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like Vasher's the kind of guy who, in the modern day, would have dreads, but, like, yes. not the, not the, not like, the good kind, good just kind. the kind that happens when you're, like, just let your hair get super greasy, yeah. and then you just mm-hmm. kind of, like, yep. one day you're like, you know, this would be easier if it was in dreads. Yep. I agree. I also think he'd be the kind of guy who, if, like, a black person came up to him and was like, do you, like, understand the implications of, like, you wearing dreads as a white guy, he'd just be like... No. <laughs> yes. I, I like Vasher, okay? But I just get rancid vibes from him. <laughs> yes. Like, I agree. And yeah. honestly, like, the way he, like, abducts Vivenna. Oh, yeah. I think he does her. It's, it is terrifying. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know how she went to, like, uh, trusting him somewhat. I know. You know, from where they started. Like, it's terrifying. Oh, good. Yeah. I know. It's like... And then after she gets abandoned by, uh, or I guess abandoned's not really the right word, but Denth and Tonk Fa, uh, once they try to kill her and she escapes, she's like, I'll go back to Vesher. That's I a good know. idea. Like, girl, I know you don't have a lot of options, but like, <laughs> To be fair, she did stick it out for like two weeks on the street. I know. Okay. And she almost died because she got sick. Yep. Because she was a drab. Yeah. Rip. Rip. Did I tell you the thing about drabs having no investiture, like, within them, or, like, very low amount, and so they're more prone to sickness? I think you mentioned that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because that's a thing that happens. So, Vasher, he got a lot of investiture. Yes. Once again, a smooth transition. (laughs) So, Vasher is of... I think his heightening changes during... Yeah, yeah. during during the book, but Mm -hmm. he... Has a lot of breaths, and he has a divine breath because he is a returned. Right. Basically, the way that that works is that he just has, his body consumes a breath every month. Yes. Or every week. And if he ever ran out of breaths, that would be bad news bears. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something else, but it's kind of Stormlight spoilers, so we're just going to leave <laughs> it at that. Honestly, I, I don't 
have that many thoughts on Basher. Like, I feel like he's kind of like a... He's a very blunt guy, yeah. but his character, like, the way his character is given to us is also very blunt. It's like, yeah, very you get what you get, and you're never really wondering, like... I mean, I guess you do wonder what his motives are, because I was super suspicious of him the whole time. I think that... I, I wonder if, you know, how long he's lived and all the things he's seen has worn him down to the point he's at. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you see this idea, like, Warbreaker the Peaceful, all these names he has, like, he, he maybe he wasn't necessarily, like, like a great person, but he seemed like maybe a gentler person than he is now. And I do wonder if the years he spent kind of almost as kind of an outcast mm-hmm. has really worn him down to who he is today. For sure. Yeah, I think that he is sort of on the opposite end of, like, Light Song, mm-hmm. of God, godhood-causing depression, yeah. which is where he's just like, this is what I was given, I guess I just have to do the best I can. And he's yeah. kind of like a vigilante kind of guy, yeah. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, he's like, I'm gonna take this into my own hands, and I'm just yeah. gonna mess shit up with Nightblood. I think that what's interesting to me is Light Song and Vasher are both apathetic, but in like in opposite senses. So Light Song is just super apathetic about what's happening like around him, mm-hmm. and Vasher is super apathetic to what's happening within him. You know what mm. I mean? He lets himself just mm. he has a like terrible outward appearance. Light Song like takes care of himself, but mm-hmm. doesn't care what's happening to whatever is around yeah. him. Yeah. So I do wonder if the way that they deal with their godhood and their lives. And that's another contrast, too. It's it's an opposite there, too. Light Song mm-hmm. has not lived very long, and Vasher has lived for a very long time. Yeah, that's um, really interesting. So the, the kind of godhood depression that they're feeling is working in opposite ways. I feel like they should add that to the DSM, godhood depression. It's like depression, but it's special. <laughs> that's what happens when endowment chooses you. Do you know who endowment is? No. I like that. Endowment is the god on Nautilus. Interesting. And she's in charge of returning people, basically. Oh. So she picks who's going to be returned. Ooh. And it's interesting. And one of the things that's interesting is that she... We were talking about the five scholars, remember, and how there are two sets of siblings. Mm-hmm. So one question within the fandom, because... Warbreaker 2 has not come out and possibly never will. Yeah. Is why did she pick two sets of siblings so close together and then just this random other guy. Yeah. Basher. And honestly, actually, I wonder if that could have had an effect on Basher as well because he was like, you know, there's the siblings and the siblings and then obviously his whole like, yeah, and then his whole like interpersonal drama with the five scholars Uh probably messed him up because he had to kill his wife. Yeah. I forgot about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I always sucks. forget about that when I'm talking about Basher. So, funny story. When I first heard about Warbreaker, because I read Stormlight, I got really into it. I started listening to Shardcast, and they would talk about Warbreaker, and I would be vaguely interested. Not super, because I was like, whatever. The good old days when I could say whatever. <laughs> when I could hear something about Cosmere and say whatever. So, I didn't really care, but I remember them talking offhand about Vasher and Shashara. And Shashara and Denth. And that made me think, for some reason, that... Because they were like, oh, Shashara's, like, not mentioned that much. So I thought that Warbreaker, or at least part of it, like, I thought maybe it was, like, a split timeline kind of thing. And part of it was about Vasher and Shashara making Nightblood. Mm. And so then I read Warbreaker, and I kept waiting for the part (laughs) where Vasher and Shashara made Nightblood. Because I was like, 
like, is, is Shashara already dead? Has Vasher not decided to kill her yet? Like, where is Shashara? Mm. And then eventually I was like, oh yeah, Shashara's dead. Like, I think it mentions her, like, twice. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and now I really want a Five Scholars novella. Okay. <laughs> or novel. Just give me a whole novel, Brandon. You can do it. You can write it in a month. It's fine. Yes, I agree. Honestly, two weeks. Yeah, ex- yep. yeah he'd be fine. He'd, he'd be, be fine. fine. He'd be fine. He can do it. Yeah, but Vasher's relationship with the other the other four scholars mm-hmm. is really interesting because he marries Shashara. It's like fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm it sorry. is. Wait, who does he fuck then? Okay, well, if he kills, he killed Denth and Yesteel. That's true. Who's left? Our Steel. <laughs> the lifeless. <laughs> Steamy romance no. with a lifeless. Oh. That gets into some real dubious consent right there. Yes. Oh, Jesus. man. God. If you had a lifeless command, you could just command them. Oh, my God. That's, that's horrifying. So yeah, we're not thinking about No! That. While we're talking about that, though, I guess, <laughs> we can talk about, because the other scholars, Yesteel and Arsteel, stupid names, by the way. Yes. Steel. Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Same oh, way, no. Yeah. So... I just don't know whose mother looks at their child and is like, this is definitely a yes steal to me. And then they have another kid and they're like, our steal. Sure. This is, this is yes steal. And then this is the steal that belongs to us. Our steal. Communism. It's not my steal. It's our Our steal. Oh, God. These jokes are getting worse and worse. They are. They're getting really bad. They were bad to start with. Yeah. Now they're just horrible. Uh, anyway, so Yesteel is dead. Vasher killed him. Well, Arsteel's also dead, kind of. Eh, questionable. I will get into that. <laughs> so Vasher killed a lot of people. Yes. And we need to talk about Nightblood, too. We didn't even write that down. <sighs> but uh, one of the people Vasher killed was Yesteel using his fancy technique of, like, I give you all my breath and then BAM! I know. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, that seems like a good way to die. Because it's like euphoric, right? Yeah, You yeah. get a bunch of breath. So you get a bunch of breath, you're like in euphoria, and yeah. then you just die. You see so many colors, and then you die. Seems pretty good to me. Yeah. It's like yeah. a really good, like, acid trip, and then you just die. Yeah. It's like, alright, there you go. Sure. But, and then he killed Dent the same way. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Hey, maybe Dent and Yesteel had a thing. Mm. Why not, you know? There you go. Maybe that's why he killed them both. <laughs> So they could be together in death. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. And then Arsteel is deadish, but he's lifeless now. Yeah. He seems to still have some sort of oh, sentience. Yeah. It kind of freaks me out. Which is really creepy. Why do they call him Claude? I feel like that's rude. <laughs> I Okay. We had a whole conversation earlier. I swear his name was Claude, like with, you know, the L. Like Claude Monet. Yeah. But no, it's Claude with an O. Like a yes. dirt Claude. <laughs> It just seems so rude. I mean, he's dead. What's he gonna but, do? Like, he's not really dead. And he used to be their friend. Oh yeah. my gosh, it just weirds me. Out. Just, like, it, it's a thing. That's Claude. valid, honestly. Um, and then there's Jules, who, which I must say, is also an odd name. Was Jules not a scholar, right? Yeah, she's just some lady. She's just some lady. Who's a drab? Well, she has to be really old, right? Isn't she just someone that Dent is working with? But she fell in love with Arsteel before he was a lifeless, right? Okay. But oh, when is she a returned? No, she's just some lady that Denth is working with. The same thing with Tonkfa. But didn't she fall in love with 
Well, Arsteel wasn't killed that long ago, was he? Jules was a member of Dent's crew. Her function in the team was to direct and maintain Claude. <laughs> she originally joined Dent's team to be near Arsteel, with whom she was in love. His death unhinged her a little. Oh. Wait. After they turned Arsteel's corpse into a lifeless, she took over his care and still regular- regularly talked to him, occasionally going so far as to sleep with the lifeless. What kind of sleep does that mean? Yeah, I really Is it sleep hope. with? Or is it like, just we're gonna cuddle? It. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm worried. <laughs> Me too. Where does it say in the book that she it's sleeps an with him? Jules is still in love with him. And yes, she still sleeps with him on occasion. Brandon? Brandon. Brandon. We have some questions. What's the thing when you have a kink for dead people? But like, they're like alive, dead. That's so much worse. Okay, so, okay. We can talk about this more in the like magic yes. section, but lifeless, there's debate because they're a type of similar to this thing called a cognitive shadow, which I told you a little bit about, which is basically like a ghost. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of debate over whether the soul of the cognitive shadow mm-hmm. is the soul of the person who died. Oh, interesting. Um, and returned our cognitive shadows. Right. And so for somebody like, like Vasher, Vasher says explicitly in another book, oh, I'm not even, like, a dude. I'm just, like, a stamp, basically. Hmm. That's not what he says, because I'm not (laughs) Brandon Sanderson. I can't write that good. But he's like, we, like, I don't even count as a person, really. Which I think is stupid, but whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, I think Claude is weird. I don't think he's a normal lifeless. Because none of the other lifeless we see seem to have any sort of, like, awareness, you know, outside of, like, an animal kind of, Mm -hmm. like, I wonder if Jules caring for him. Magic of love! (laughs) Yes. But also just, like, like a familiar face and being, like, in an environment around people he he knew, Mm -hmm. you know, brings back, like, some sense of, like, cognizance. Cognizance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know? And I think that's definitely an interesting concept to play with. There's something similar that happens in Stormlight, which I won't spoil too much, but if you're listening, you know what it is. <laughs> Where the power of friendship kind of does something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm incapable of saying the power of friendship without <laughs> a super cheesy voice, because I think that that's a stupid phrase. But it is true that like friendship and having like a genuine human connection yeah. is super important, even if you yourself are not able to reciprocate that for whatever yeah. reason. And if the reason is that you're lifeless, you know. Yep. I feel like that should be. If you were lifeless, I'd talk to you. Aw, how kind. Would you sleep with me? I would not sleep with you, but I would commune with your dead spirit. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, I would not sleep with you either, but I would also commune with your dead spirit. Wonderful. I'm I'm glad we agree. Perfect. It'll be like a little, um, a little experiment. Yeah. Plus, we have to remember to give each other icker alcohol. Oh, yes. Iker. Iker. I say Iker, but I, I like Iker. That's right. It's my, I played my thing and said Iker, and you were like, uh. Yeah. I don't know. I Warbreaker is one of the few Brandon books that I didn't listen to on audio. Mm. And so I don't know how to pronounce anything. But it just be like that. It do be. Um, I also think that that is like an actual word. Iker? Yeah. I think it is. Wait, 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 wait. No, I, I remember in Critical Role, Laudna has mm. this black Iker that like comes <gasps> out of her, and she says Iker. So, I bow before Marisha Ray. <laughs> um, anyway. 
Can we talk about Nightblood's character for like two minutes and okay. then we can be done? Okay, okay, okay. Because we didn't talk about Nightblood. That's Nightblood true. is great. Nightblood is great. Is a non-binary like th- four-year-old icon. Yes. Okay. I agree. They're non-binary and they're four. Yep. That's, and they're a sword. Yes. And like talking. I think it's really interesting. There are a couple interesting things about Nightblood, and I'm going to start talking real fast. Mm-hmm. First one is gender, because yeah. Nightblood doesn't understand gender. Yeah. This is in a wob as well. It's just like, mm-hmm. it just does not get it. Yep. But is really interested by it. Right. And there's this uh, really funny comic strip that I'll show you later that's basically, uh, it's human Nightblood <laughs> talking to Vasher. And so Nightblood's like, Vasher, like, like, what is gender or something? And Vasher's like, it's if you're a boy or a girl, because he's... An old white guy. Of course. And then, actually, I'm not sure if he's white, but whatever. And then <laughs> Nightblood's like, well, what's a boy and a girl? Oh. And Vasher's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so Nightblood just doesn't understand, but they're trying their best. Yeah. And it's really interesting how in Vasher's head, Nightblood has a male voice. Mm-hmm. And Nightblood is referred to with male pronouns. Yeah. But we see a woman holding Nightblood later on, and Nightblood has female pronouns then. Mm. And it's really interesting. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on, like, the person who's holding Nightblood, I think. And another interesting thing is the way that Nightblood communicates. Because, first of all, she's really cute. I just love Nightblood. They're just so excited all the time. They are. Are we going to destroy evil? (laughs) (laughs) Really wants to destroy evil. Really wants to destroy evil. That's... I, I think that's much... another thing is, like, it's kind of sad, because they seem so kind of innocent and, like, it's just a yeah. happy little sword that wants to destroy evil, and then when they're actually, like, you, Oh, they're terrifying. Evil, it's horrifying, and they don't it's remember so scary. either. Yeah, they're know? just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I was really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just ate, like, 20 men. But yep. whatever. Uh, yeah, Nightblood is Horrifying. Yeah. Nightblood is the most dangerous object in the Cosmere. Fun mm-hmm. fact. Mm. And um, they're also six and my baby, and I want to hug them. <sighs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So the way that Nightblood was created, and we really need to go into this more in the magic part, mm-hmm. but basically a ton of investiture was dumped into them, but then something went weird and wrong, and they were imbued with this single command, destroy evil. Right. But something went weird and wrong. Yeah. And so now they're just super dangerous and scary. Mm-hmm. I think what they talked about is, like, they didn't take into consideration that a sword doesn't understand what evil is. That was one of the yeah. things, yes. A sword, like, how is a sword supposed to know what's good and what's yeah. evil? Mm-hmm. But I do think the Nightblood morality test is really mm-hmm. interesting. How you just feel kind of sick if Nightblood thinks you're a good yeah. person. And then you, like, just get driven by their urge to kill if Nightblood thinks you're a bad person. And it's interesting, because, like, obviously the sword can't move on its own. Like, it's not, it's not like a stereotypical fantasy sword in that way, like a sentient sword. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can compel people to do, right? it's bidding, basically. Which is so scary. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. You know, I do wonder if it's, you know, actually Nightblood deciding if you're good or bad, or if it's, like, the person's you. reflection of themselves. Yeah. It is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we have to get more into that in the mechanics, because there's yeah. a lot of, like, weird Cosmere stuff, especially yeah. with the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. But I love the relationship between Vasher and Nightblood. It really <laughs> reads to me as, like, a small person with, like, ADHD, and yep. then, like, their tired grandpa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, exactly. And also Vasher's, like, signature move where he just, like, throws Nightblood on the ground. <laughs> And, like, and just comes back, like, yep. 20 minutes later, oh and just God. everybody's dead. Yep. 
iconic classic <laughs> oh jeez truly you know i didn't understand that for until you get to the very end like i'm like why didn't he at least just like draw him and check him out Ooh, and then, no, no, no. and then, you do not want to draw Nightblood. Yeah, bad plan, bad plan, bad plan. <laughs> Nightblood is just so hungry. Yeah, it's just so. What hungry. if you drew Nightblood with the glove on? It would still oh, be bad. It would maybe be a little less bad, but mm. it's not like skin to skin contact that does it. It's just like mm. yeah, right. But um, even when you just draw like. It's in its sheath, right? Yeah. If you pull it out just a little bit, it'll yeah. already start, like, having an effect yeah. on you. So, drawing it all the way is bad. Yeah. We see it happen, mm-hmm. and it is real bad. Like Real bad. Not good at all. No. Uh, Nightblood can do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. Okay. I think we talked about, like, the main characters. We can yeah. talk about that one weird one that you found. Remember on the copper mind when oh you were like, God. who is this? Yeah. But I think we got most of the main ones, and then if we forget something, we can talk about it in the next episode, yeah. I guess. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was a lot longer than we <laughs> expected it to be. But uh, since this is Jack's first time, first foray into the Cosmere, hopefully this was an interesting episode for you guys, and you got some new perspectives on stuff. And if you have other ideas you want to share or questions you want to ask or I don't know anything else I am down to talk about the Cosmere literally anytime anytime you know all right you can follow the podcast on Twitter at invested Cosmere and feel free to contact me there or at highly invested pod at gmail.com for commentary questions and suggestions I'm also on discord as sapphic spren on the 17th chart forums and on tumblr And once again, thank you so, so very much. And usually I say journey before destination, bitches, but this was a Warbreaker podcast, so my breath become yours, bitches. (gasps) (laughs) I'm giving you my breath and then I'm going to kill you. (sighs) Peace. Bye. Warbreaker the peaceful. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was so stupid.